you know, what is this role of product management and how is it going to contribute to the organization? And at the end of the call, it was weird. I mean, I went all the way to New York from Virginia. I was in the office with him for two hours <laughs> and that was it. But um, anyway, it ended up being a year long engagement for me. Product Growth Leaders proudly presents the Business of Product Topic of the Week, a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. All right, this week our topic is creating a product management function at an organization that hasn't had one. And I will say when preparing the the answers, uh, I had just been spending some time on a a topic of the week we did last month, or maybe it was two months ago now, on what is a product. And we made this joke about trying to find additive questions where everybody says, yes, exactly that, and, right? And so our improv yes and question, we hit it today or this week uh, with the topic. The, to- the question we asked on Monday was, what would, your, what would be your key recommendation to an organization looking to bring the product management function into their organization, right? New to product management. And Paul Hurwitz came in fast. I mean, Jason, you were pretty fast, but Paul was in there like, like he was waiting on the site for the thing to pop up. I don't know what happened if you were that slow. I think he was morning. still awake for. I think he was still awake from the night before. Honestly, uh, <laughs> you know, there was a, he had a product release going out on Sunday, and he was just waiting. I thought nobody did product releases, and oh wait, that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul said an org really, really needs to understand why they are bringing product management into the company. Do they want someone just to execute on the founder's vision or own the product strategy? That's two different types of product managers you're looking for. If you have a CTO who has worked with product managers before, you could get away with someone who was more junior. Otherwise, if they need product management to be strong, you need to get a more experienced product manager. And, I, you know, to me, it, it, it hit it. I, I bias, I have. Greg and I were talking before we started and multiple times I've made the, well, first time I didn't realize it was a bad decision. Second time I knew it was a bad decision. The decision to join a founder CEO as their head of product when they weren't willing to, to let go. And we'll get to that in John's answer. My bias was always start with somebody more junior, but I can see in situations and we'll get them with some of the other answers where that not, might not be the case. Uh, Jason came in pretty quickly. I, I, you know, I think it was still that same morning. Uh, he said, I agree with everything. Yes, and I agree with everything Paul said and added what tasks would product management do for them and who was owning and performing those tasks now. Jason, talk to me. Have you ever been the first product person? Yes. And? Sort of. I mean, not in a startup, but I was in a product. I was the first product person after an acquisition where all the previous product people had left. And so this is a product that had customers and had ongoing releases and momentum. And you just had to come in and and, and figure it out. And so the first thing I did was uh, basically a little bit like a racy chart to go, okay, who's doing what right now since there's no product people here? And, and, you know, what do we need to make sure that the product management is doing so that I can actually start staffing other product managers 
to take on those tasks. And we had to prioritize which, you know, which ones, because it couldn't just take on everything all at once because we had some ramping up to do. Makes sense. How do you, do, do you start with a baseline? Look at what the process is or where everybody's gone. Did you even know what the process was? Yeah, I mean, I would, well, we sort of basically went to development and as far as the mm -hmm. actual like operational product management, um, we, we, at that time we were waterfall and we just went right through project release management and, and, and found out, you know, how are things um, moving? And then we had to dig through the backlogs and the, and the roadmaps and kind of reverse engineer what was moving forward and why. And in some cases, kind of re-engineer the roadmap based on new product strategy after the acquisition. Um, but yeah, there was nobody to actually tell us how product management was being performed um, in that organization. We had to re so it, re redo it. <laughs> it is a flavor of new, new product management because it was sort of, we got rid of everybody else and mm -hmm. now you have to figure this out. That's right. Now I'm going to move to the next yes and John did the perfect. Paul had his question. Jason said what Paul said and, and then John basically said what Paul and Jason said and, and he said depends on the life cycle of the company. Is it a ten year old company who never had product management? That's a client I'm working on now, or is it a startup? For a startup where the CEO is the chief product thinker, bringing in someone to, junior to offload tactical can be useful. Uh, or the CEO can bring in a true product leader if they're able to step back. But I've seen conflict, conflict and tension if the CEO won't re relinquish control. And that's my experience, right? Coming mm -hmm. as a VP uh, for a $14, $15 million company where the CEO was the strategy person, visionary, and the board was making them hire a VP of product. The VCs were because they said, okay, you're at that size. You need a VP of product. And he didn't want to relinquish the strategy, right? He wanted to still be that person. He wanted... He wanted to go on the calls. I had a director of product. I wanted to go on some calls, but the CEO wanted to go on. So I'm like, I can't have three of us there. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was tough. Talk, John, talk to me about your experience. You've got multiple, it sounds like. You've been the startup. You've been the 10-year. Yeah, so the 10-year the thing I came in, they had never had any product management of any sort. Uh, and so I guess in that case, they brought in somebody with some experience. I, I wasn't terribly junior at that point to come and create product management in the org. And the CEO was, thankfully, was not chief product person. Uh, CEO was chief salesperson. Mm. Um, and so that, that was actually it a, a helpful. could be worse sometimes. <laughs> in this case, it was helpful. Um, you got out of the way, mostly. And so I, what I ended up doing was finding people in the org who were doing the things, because the, the things product managers do have to get done some way. Uh, mm -hmm. So somebody is doing parts of those. Maybe some of them fall on the floor, but somebody's doing these parts of these things. And so I ended up stealing this one guy who was like jack of all trades, special products guy. I stole the sales trainer to be product marketing because that was a lot of what uh, he was doing. And I took the head of UX, uh, and then our director of operations became our like program manager. And so I like stole all these people and made this you know motley crew that I took actually took through the. Uh, we were talking about on a separate thread. I took them through the pragmatic marketing training just to give them some kind of a foundation mm -hmm. of yep. what product management is. And then we just created product management at the org from there. Um, it was a really cool experience to be able to do that, to, to create an organization from scratch. Let me ask you a question there, John. Were these people truly playing the role? We'll get to the question, you know, uh, about if they don't have product management, are they still doing product management? But as you brought the sales trainer, was the sales trainer really playing a product marketing role? They just were doing it in a different department? Or did you have to get them, pull them more to the product side? I, I had to pull them somewhat to the product side, but it wasn't like 
you know, a 60% shift in how they worked. It was more like, you know, a 30% modification in what they were doing, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more focused and, and broadening on some of the product side things and less of the sales training side things. Um, similar for the, the uh, Jack of all trades special projects guy. Just, it was just like pointing him in the direction of what the product parts of this are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was also like the guy who knew everything where all the bodies were buried in, in the, the product. Right? That's he a knew. key person to know to have he was critical yeah for sure steve you've been awful quiet i know you've got a busy day but i, I would th- i thought you would have been in commenting no well i'm 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 letting everybody you know say what they have to say um you know it's it's interesting i i, I feel really strongly that sales engineers are probably the best source of new product managers and sales reps are probably the worst candidates they're so You're jumping ahead to... to next week, Steve. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I never want to talk about what you want to talk about. So that seems to work out. <laughs> um, but, you know, I had a similar experience to John's is, you know, I needed to hire somebody and I found I, I did the uh, uh, I found a uh, well, first of all, <laughs> the recruiter brought me just one loser after another. I mean, uh, the, the guy I was working with had no comprehension of what product management was. And so he's like, well, I found this janitor who works at a software company. Is that what you're looking for? No. Okay. I found a programmer. I found a QA person. And I'm like, do you, have you found any product managers? And he's like, okay, well, we got a project manager. And I'm just like, what does this guy do for a living? And I think what he does is he printed all these resumes and all these job postings and tries to find any word that is on both pieces of paper. Software, software, sounds like a fit to me. Uh, But anyway, I ended up recruiting the sales engineer from my competitor to be the product manager, which was like a triple win. He was a really good systems thinker. Uh, which is really what you want to look for. Secondly, uh, um, it completely screwed over the competitor because um, then they, they lost their number one sales engineer. Uh, and the, the third win was I didn't have to take one of my own sales engineers who were you know, so well respected by the sales team. So it was a, a triple win for me. But it is interesting uh, going way back to like 1988 in Crossing the Chasm, Jeff Moore said the biggest problem with product management is it's a senior position for which we hire junior people. You know, we're expecting somebody to come in and be a brand manager and then we hire, you know, an intern and say, why don't you be the product manager now? It's interesting, Steve, with your experience, there's a handful of uh, recruiters I know who've actually taken pragmatic marketing in in those cases. Mm -hmm. Karen Uh, Karen Wuschik being one of them. A couple people in our... Karen Wittershik is one of them. She's been in the network. She's done some stuff with us. Uh, Grant Williams, is it Grant Williams from Fiserv now back at Change Healthcare. So he's been in the network. He he went through it with Fiserv when he was recruiting for product management there. And actually I was talking to a recruiter in uh, England uh, who, who went through it at Elsevier or, or Relix. Uh, so it's interesting to see, you know, when you are especially hiring at scale, having some people that background is probably critical. Uh, Greg, I'd like to get back to some of the conversation we started with around, you know, that first product management hire and, you, and some of the experience you've been having with that or have had with that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with both Jason and John um, and Steve for sure and yourself. Well, yes and, yes and, yes and. <laughs> yeah, I am like I, loving I will, this. I will, I, will, um, I will counter with a different thing. We can go for a, a debate because I, I agree with all those things and I've gone through all of it. Um, 
But I will counter with, uh, why do you need a product manager if you've actually trained your business lead and your technology people? Why do you need them at all? And this is, this is the headway I've, I've, the headwinds I've actually had to go against. I got the business guys, the sales guys, and the technology people all talking together. They're good. Why do I need this product management guy? All he's going to do is cause trouble. Bringing in cost extra these money. processes, these, you know, this, what value add exactly is the product manager going to bring to this? Um, and that, those are numbers of the headwinds that I've run into. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes it becomes an interesting, lots of interesting conversations. Um, you bring in a senior and a junior guy is just going to get bulldozed. Um, through absolutely. All, absolutely bulldozed as, a, as an initial person. Um, and that's th- those are the number of things that I've run into. Um, I've built product teams. I've been the first one in in a uh, couple times um, within large organizations within these matrix, big matrix organizations. Um, and and it's it's an interesting these are interesting um, ways of working. What I have found. And so when wait, Greg, go, go Greg, how how do you respond to that? Um, we've got salespeople who are quote listening to the market, ones of them at a time. Uh, we've got developers who are skipping all the requirements writing and going straight to the coding. And I forgot who the third one you you, you said right. was, but well, I mean, yeah. what is your reply to them that we've got all the people we need? Yeah, and I think that the, the biggest reply I really talk about is that you're actually chasing your own tail. So all the technology guys are going to do is what the sales or the business people want, mm-hmm. not necessarily what the market wants or needs. Mm-hmm. And that's the I think the biggest thing that you're running that I run into is that you actually start talking about what's next as opposed to what is now. So what the customer wants is not necessarily what they need. So all you're doing is your technology guys are just, they're, they're code monkeys. And that's a really bad term, but they turn into code mm-hmm. monkeys. Order takers. Yeah. The order takers is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John, that was yeah. perfect. <laughs> and that's, so, you know, that's my metaphor of the waiter that I brought up, I think last week or the week before, um, as opposed to personal coach, you know, when the customer comes in and says, give me something that I'm demanding you build that is going to be bad for me. You know, a waiter says, okay, if you want motor oil on your spaghetti, then I'll go get that for you. Um, but a personal coach says, no, you can't have a Snickers for dinner. You can't have candy for, you know, for food. I'm going to give you different advice. Uh, and it's funny. I, I like the order taker metaphor but only for salespeople. I don't want salespeople thinking. I want salespeople selling the shit that we've made to people who we made it for and leave their mind and their creativeness and their strategery to other people. Um, So I want them to be order takers. I want to empower them to give them a product and the sales tools they need to be successful. And and one of the things that I've run into is that... um, a proper like product lead that comes in first, you're actually going to ask all the very uncomfortable questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me what are the top four goals of the company? Not the mission statement. Tell me the top four goals. Mm-hmm. Make money, make money, make money. Yeah. But that's, money. you know, yeah, but that's now, now, you know, that just empower that just, boy, that really gets the product guy like really going at that point as a, okay. You know, and, and you actually are, 
are asking very uncomfortable questions mm -hmm. um, that nobody wants to hear. I mean, Grant, you're running into that now. Yeah. Um, and now from that, what you you're as a product person, you're actually now empowering people. So now the the technology guys are not the order takers. They're actually empowered to be your innovators. Mm -hmm. Yep. Solve problems. Yeah. With innovation. And, and that is a that that is very difficult to get to. But once you're kind of in that mode, boy, that is like nirvana. Mm -hmm. You can actually do that um, and, and kind of transform a company to do that. That's nirvana. That is, so, that is the best. Agreed. Yeah, Craig, that, that's how I've positioned it. Is it, it. Part of it, it's a, it's a risk management aspect of it, right? Okay, right now, all four people are aligned and communicating well and it's working. You take one person out of that situation, one person changes their view or how they do something, and the whole thing collapses. It's a house of cards. It's not mm -hmm. scalable. And so putting, to me, product management is risk management, both in process, but also in doing the right things. If, you know, making sure you've got some process to figure out. And I've said this before, I think the biggest impact that product management can have on productivity and efficiency of an organization is on doing the right things, right? And, you know, that's the process to go through. And then with a non-chaotic process, Steve's whole view, you do it right. And so, I mean, a lot of the stuff we're getting to, and when I work with somebody bringing somebody in new, whether it was myself or in, lately in the past 10 years, has been more helping advise people on it. It's finding, you, you got to find that baseline of, of, of how it's going to work. And as a consultant, I'm actually doing those tough questions, Greg, so I can let uh, the person we put in that role, whether it's an internal hire or an external hire, not have to, Right. And mm -hmm. I'm doing the negotiating. I'm the one they're paying to negotiate with them on baseline process deliverables and how do we do it. And then I can help get that new product person up to speed. Yeah. You play, you play the, you play the game of the consultant is always the most smartest guy in the room, even though the wow. internal people may be saying the same thing. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying they're, that but they're, that they're paying what, well, you know, this goes back to my experience right out of grad school, getting my MBA, going to work for GE I was a market research analyst. I knew I knew a ton about the market and the competition, the trends and everything that was going. And we were facing some issues, some headwinds. And I, I had ideas, but I was like right out of business school. What they do, they paid half a million for McKinsey to come in. And who are the people telling them what to do? Kids right out of business school who didn't know, right? I guess it's sort of a hippo thing, right? Highest paid person in the room. But you know, in that case, the consultant, if you're paying me money, that's what I like about consulting. If you're paying me money, I can give you my opinion and I can walk away. I don't have to live with you deciding not to do it. So with that, we're going to shift. Greg has fast forwarded a couple slides, I think. Uh, but what, let's get into looking at the poll question, which sort of goes into where does that hire come from? And I have added some context to the question. Jason, thank you for being my consigliere and uh, you know, clarifying stuff. In there, when adding product management to an organization for the first time, uh, what background would you prefer for the initial product manager? An internal resource who knows the product and knows how the company works, someone from your target industry with strong domain knowledge, an external resource with product management experience, or other. And so uh, obviously you see my vote was on the internal resource who knows. 
my bias, right? I've been that guy who came in as that VP and I've had issues with it. So there's a bias, openly admit, you know, self-awareness is, is the first step. That being said, both places I've done this type of stuff have been a CEO product visionary like John described in his answer. And they needed somebody who could, who understood things going on and do the tactical type stuff. And in one case, we, we, we brought somebody who was the lead customer support person. They weren't a sales engineer, but they were the almost the equivalent of the sales engineer on the, on the support side. They were the master problem solver. If nobody else could figure it out, they went to, to this person. And so I've seen, you know, there was somebody who knew how to navigate the organization. There was somebody who had respect. And the fact that it was more of a tactical position, all I did there was help create process and artifact. We negotiated with development and design on what does a theme look like? What does an epic look like? What does your story look like? What were the timelines you needed for that? It became an easy transition. Uh, that being said, you know, I know that the company I'm working with now has had people like Rich Miranoff say, you can bring an external product manager in from any industry. If they're a good product manager, they can succeed because they know how to learn the market, which I agree with. Uh, and I could see that being, Greg, where did you vote? I voted bringing external and this, okay. because it was the first time um, in the, why I voted this way is that if you're actually promoting internally, the sales guy or whomever, project manager, that the danger of that is that you're always doing the same thing again and just calling it different. So the project yep. manager is doing project management work and just calling a product manager. And so, you know, check the box. Great. I got a product. I got a product manager. Check the box. Moving on. Um, and that's that. That's why I voted um, bringing in an external mm -hmm. resource um, for that. In context, my situations are both where they brought a consultant in to help with that, which is, you know, I guess there's a asterisk there because really it is, it's a, I, I was helping them figure some of those things out and build process and coach the product manager to help them move. And, you know, I can understand if you're not doing that type of investment where the, an external uh, established product manager would, would make sense. Yeah. I assume that this is the first product manager that would actually be going yeah. in and building in the, the organization to do that as well. Sort of like what John was talking about. Um, but yeah. All right, John, your take. What'd you vote for? Well, I, I voted for the same thing you voted for, but I did it under false pretenses in my brain. So I was thinking <laughs> about the first person I was adding uh, with the context that I already know how to do product management, right? So the same thing, yeah. same idea that you have. Like, if you do answer one, you have to have a coach consultant, somebody who can help with the fundamentals of product management, what it is, how to do it. Yeah. Uh, and then you can be quite successful, I think, in that scenario. If you aren't doing that, then I think you hire the external uh, person with product management experience and let them learn the market, the industry, and the company. Yeah. Makes sense. Jason. Well, that's interesting. I voted for um, an external resource with product management experience um, because, like I said earlier, I was the internal resource. I didn't know the product, though but I sort of knew how the company works. So maybe that is actually, since it's a, it was a merger, I was kind of external in that I came from an, the, the buying organization. Um, but, you know, like what Greg was saying, I mean, there is a lot to fight 
for that position when you're talking internally with regards to other other roles that that person was responsible for, um, other you know dynamics that that person had within the organization. Um, they have to actually learn how to do product management now, but do they know how to do product? There's a lot of faith to be put in there, unless for some reason that person was a product manager before, then it was internally organizational, maybe he was doing pre-sales now um, yeah. or you know, solution consulting. And you're like, well, let's just tap into his previous or her previous experience as product management. Um, but I'm thinking none of those are, are there. And it's just, here, here's a brand new role. And you just have, it's going to take a long time to get that kind of uh, bias out from their other peers, I think. Um, and also keep, get them away from their previous role, whether it be support, CS, uh, I mean, uh, pre-sales or what have you. And, um, and so if you just want to start clean with somebody has to, to get a really great product management process down, um, I think the best thing you do is hire a really experienced external product manager to kind of create that organization. And then you don't have any kind of um, bias from previous relationships within the organization. And, and that, of course, is assumes you didn't have you know, consulting work to kind of, you know, management consulting, like you said, um, Grant, um, you know, obviously that can change a lot of those dynamics. It's interesting. <clears throat> Just when you were talking there, it made me start thinking about, you know, my bias, right? The VP, maybe sometimes a director, get somebody who's experienced. I've seen people give out the VP title for product when it's the first person, when the person really wasn't qualified for it. Yeah. Uh, but getting somebody who's good enough, who can bring process and stability, I could easily see that as a path. Jason, you actually clarified some things in thinking in my head. Uh, thank you. Steve. Well, uh, I answered the external person as well. And yet, I, it seems that you need to step back and say, where's the hole in the organization in terms of expertise? Um, I'm assuming that a company, you know, has domain expertise, you know, you know how to manage large facilities, you know how to secure uh, things, you know, you, you've got domain expertise on the team. Um, but do we have market expertise? Do we have, um, you know, technical expertise? Where's, where's the hole? And I think in general, my sense is that we have a lack of business expertise that we've got, you know, finance people, but we don't have anybody who knows the metaphors of product management or the, uh, the methods of managing products in the 21st century. So we've got tech skills, we've got conceivably market skills. Usually we have domain skills, what we're missing is business skills. And so that's why I would go outside to bring somebody in who's, and, and I like your idea of bringing in a director with the intent of going to a VP if you work out and if not bringing in somebody over you and no, and, and admitting that up front, this is, this is a six month trial, you know, kind of a hire now and we'll promote you later or we won't. And, you know, it's yours to, it's yours to lose. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, Steve, because what you assumed is that they understood the, the person making the decision understood the fundamentals of product management and business and, you know, as this is the first time bringing it in, you know, that's, again, we're having a consultant helps. Whether mm -hmm. it's to advise them, hey, you know, the client I'm working with now found Rich Marinoff through a, a video on, you know, YouTube or something like that, reached out, he talked with them and he's, his suggestion was an external resource. He wasn't mm -hmm. gonna be the person to go help them, right? 
he, he introduced them to a mutual friend of ours, somebody who's been on our panel. And that person said, okay, if I'm going to help them figure this out, I need somebody who's done it. And that's how I got brought in. Uh, mm -hmm. And, but, you know, I think part of it is how would you know, right? I Good think point. we should write a white paper on this, Steve. Yeah, I guess so. I'll make a note. But, you know, I'm also reminded, I, I did a sales call in New York and it was like the one of the first sales calls I've ever made at, as a consultant. Uh, and I had already, I thought I had already sold the thing. And the guy, the, 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 they called me and said, the president wants to meet with you. Um, he wants to see if you and he agree on what product management is. And I'm like, oh man, you know, so I go up there and I said, you know, tell me why I'm here. And he said, well, the first guy we hired to do coaching for our product team came in and said, my fee is 3% of your ad buy. And he said, what does that have to do with product management? And the guy says, oh yeah, you know, I do marketing, product management, biz dev, anything with the word product in it, you know, and, and the guy's like just some generic Marcom consultant. So they bounced him. And then the second one came in and he was actually talking about product management as um, a scrum master. Um, and so the president's like, you know, we've, we've had a lot of yahoos coming through here. We want to make sure you're not yet another one. Um, and so we talked about, you know, what is this role of product management and how is it going to contribute to the organization? And at the end of the call, it was weird. I mean, I went all the way to New York from Virginia. I was in the office with him for two hours <laughs> and that was it. But um, anyway, it ended up being a year long engagement for me uh, to go up and work with their team. But he, I, you know, he had a sense of what product management was going to contribute as opposed to your scenario, Grant, where it's like, I've been told by the board to get a product manager, whatever that is. I, I actually did a research project. There were a whole bunch of VP startups with VP of product positions in the Philadelphia area. And I actually, I said, I'm not interested in the role. <laughs> I'm trying to find out why you're trying to hire for this position now, just as a consultant trying to understand. Mm -hmm. Every time it was a VC, every time it was a VC funded company, it was the board said you were at this size, whether it was number of people or number of mm -hmm. revenue, our playbook says it's time to hire a VP of product. And mm -hmm. to me, that's the wrong reason. Uh, but, you know, far be it for me to tell VC and VC funded companies what- Well, they have their playbooks, right? Yeah. I gotcha. And Steve, I was sure you were going to go and the president wanted to meet me and I came in and he goes, and his answer was going to be, Steve, I was in one of your first classes and I've been a fan because we're all Steve fans, right? But well, I guess not you. everybody. Now, I did <laughs> have that at a different place in South Carolina. I, they, I, it felt like I'd been called into the principal's office. They're like, you know, you must meet the president before you begin this training. And I'm like, oh, wow, what is, what's going to happen here? And he's like, hey, I just want to let you know I was in one of your classes forever ago. And uh, it was really great. I hope you'll, you know, be able to help my my team out. And it was it was not at all what I was expecting. I thought I'd been called in on the carpet. All right. So with that, we're going to move to our open edited questions. And this is one. Actually, a few months ago, Saeed Khan and I got into a fight with one of the guys from uh, who is the project management tool Basecamp. Uh, mm. This, this argument that happens frequently with people who come from design VC centric product backgrounds, this concept that there was no product manager on the iPhone. And Saeed was like, Steve Jobs was the product manager on the iPhone. 
right? Mm -hmm. Well, no, he was the CEO. He's not a product. It was this literal, it was a semantics thing. But here's the question. Is a company doing product management or can a company be doing product management even if they don't have a for formal product management function? And John, I'm going to look right at you because you, you, you're at a big, you know, dot-com company. And I, you, but you've been at the other ones. Can a company be doing product management even if it's not a formal function? Yes. Of course. Uh, yeah, of course. Like at some, at some point you are, somebody is figuring out what is the right th next thing to build. And in theory, why that is the next right thing to build and helping the engineers like down the path of building that thing. I think that's, I mean, a massive oversimplification of what we do as product managers, but I think it is core to what is the important bits. And mm -hmm. you have to do the things or else I don't know what, what you're doing. <laughs> I, Steve. No, I mean, uh, uh, yes, of course. I mean, we're managing the products, whether we have a product manager or not. We may not be following, you know, industry standard. We may not be using the best methods, but somebody's doing something. And I remember back in the day when I was at Pragmatic, we had that 37 box chart, chiclet diagram thing. Guess what? Everything on there was being done by somebody. And uh, I, I used to make a point that these things need to be owned. And the one who owns it is the one who writes it down and keeps it current. And then, you know, you go, oh, golly, now 32 of the 37 just got unowned because, you know, nobody wrote it down and nobody's keeping it current. But still, I mean, those things are being done. And, you know, in my role in a product manager, man, as a product manager, I'd come in and they're like, hey, which of the following can you take over for me? I mean, people were delighted to uh, have somebody to take this stuff on. So my challenge was to say, no, I don't want to do project management. I don't want to be the best demo boy or demo girl. I don't want to be, you know, your lackey or your janitor or your secretary. Um, but those things are being done. Question is whether they're being done by the right people and if they're being done right. So has anybody ever done a fan art of the pragmatic marketing framework with chiclets or where did that idea come from, Steve? You know, it was some consultants started referring to those kinds of charts as chiclet charts. And, uh, or uh, you also, sometimes they're called placemats. Yeah, uh, I've, I've, heard, I've heard it called the placemat because, you know. We, apparently we any, any diagram that has lots of little squares is referred to by Bain or one of those guys as a chiclet chart. Okay. I, in the placement, I actually, I, I used to do build product stacks. Okay. Here's my foundation. Here are my content or application layers. Here's mm -hmm. my UX. And every product I was building a roadmap for, I did it visualizing it with boxes and stuff. And my, the, my head of engineering called it the placemat. <laughs> yeah. Anything because that's it had laminated to fit on a PowerPoint slide, right? As long as it's laminated, it's a placemat. <laughs> All right, Greg. Um, I agree with John that, um, and, and Steve, of course, it's like, yeah, you can actually have the, um, yes, and yes, and yes, and I'm, I'm just like, saying that's, you know, I think that, you know we're going to get into, you know, you're looking for a fight and it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> maybe not. No, I so, so I think that one of the, you know, that's why I, I started out, you know, our, our thing is like, okay, why do I need product management? If I already have my business guys, I already have my sales guys, I already have my technology people and I have program managers doing these things. It's just that, you know, 
are they doing it properly? Are they actually looking forward? All those things. But if you have, you know, that big commitment from the, you know, the senior executives to do this, then, then you're actually doing product management. Um, you would bring in a product manager to kind of formalize a lot of those things and, and organize everything, which the downside of that is they turn into a cat herder project manager as opposed mm-hmm. to product manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but I think you can definitely do this. I think as the organizations get more complex, then it becomes a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And that's where we talked about when you talk and, and when you, you shared that answer a couple of slides ago, I was like, Oh God, should I, you know, shut it down? Cause we're coming back to this slide. It was exactly the conversation I was thinking about with the slide, but to your point, that's, that was what we talked about that it comes to scale, right? How do you, at, at yeah. some point you need to, you, you've got more than one development team or you've got more than one product and you're having to start, you know, every time you add an, another facet, the complexity can, or you remove a facet, the complexity can, can be mm-hmm. uh, impacting that. So, well, And then as a good consultant, you just say, you know, hey, how's that working for you? <laughs> right? well, I think that as you start having more products that interact with each other mm-hmm. um, to kind of create that entire portfolio, that becomes really interesting and difficult. I mean, John probably can, runs into that with, with where he is headlong. Um, I've run into that as well, where you have multiple products that you're trying to bring together. And, and now they, they, they just, you have to have a cohesive um, organizational function to bring all of those together so that it doesn't look like a mishmash. Mm-hmm. Um, Good point. And, and I think, you know, Steve, your, your comment, maybe thinking about, you know, when Michelle and I got married, our pastor, they were, we had a string quartet playing the four seasons part of it. And we, we got the video of it and you hear pastor Dale going, they're going to play this till they're done. How's it, you know, is it working for you? Well, it's working for you until it's not till it's mm-hmm. done working for you. Mm-hmm. A, a mentor of mine, uh, quoted a sales training guy in the automotive space that said, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. <laughs> and so at some point, this is going to break. At some point, mm-hmm. this is this is going to need to scale. And that's where we need to put some formal product management in place right. to help it to, to scale where it needs to go to. At so, some point, you're not selling what you built. You're not building what you can sell. You're not, you don't even know if you're building the right things. And yep. it's fine when a company starts, it's, it's the president's pet project and 99% of those fail. But the one you joined as a startup, the president was right because he built a product or she built a product that they needed in their real lives. But it's the second and third and fourth and ninth product where they're now so distanced from the realities of the market. They're, you know, they're now thinking, hey, I can probably buy a boat now. Yeah, they can tell you a lot about boats, but they can't really tell you much about the domain they used to serve. So we need somebody to replace that. And, and I, I think, will say, I that, the other, go ahead, John. Yeah, I was thinking the other thing is, um, if you have good slash great product management early on in that, uh, in Steve's scenario, you can, it becomes a multiplying factor for the success of the company, right? It is mm-hmm. much more likely if you're doing it well to be a successful company. Yes, people are maybe doing it that, you know, the head, the CEO may be doing product management, uh, seat of the pants. But like if you had a really good product manager that comes in and make sure you're solving the, the right next problems, uh, it's a it's a 
exponential growth increaser, basically. And even in a private equity type world of uh, roll-ups, right? In that case, whether it's the PE firm or some executive at the base company, they're doing product management by identifying how do these pieces fit together? What are our targets? That is product management, right? It's build by. Uh, and, you know, a, a longtime friend of ours, Frank Tate, if you look at what he did with frontline education, he looked at everything. They, did, they still did product management for each of the ones they had, but his growth curve was based, his growth strategy was based on here are all the adjacent segments that build out a full comprehensive solution for K-12 ERP. And he, he executed on that, but the product management was who do we buy in that case? So mm -hmm. even at that level, I think there's product management happening. I think we spent plenty of time on this one. We're going to go to the next one. So we've talked about who to hire, right? We've just talked a little bit, is, is product management happening? What should the major considerations for an organization be as they launch product management outside of who to hire? Greg, I'm going to go to you because you've spent more. This is another thesis, isn't it? Yes, it is. I, I think that the major consideration is commitment. So are they committed? To yeah. Doing so yeah. I mean, it, we talked about you know, Steve, you talked about like a, a little bit about oh, we're gonna we're gonna test the waters. We're gonna see if it actually works. Um, that's not commitment. That is. Mm -hmm. I got some extra money and I want to see what this thing is. And, you know, if it doesn't work fine, we'll just go back to where we are. No, no crime, no foul. Um, but you're either going to do it or you're not. It's, it's, you're going to commit to a product management function in an organization or you're not. And, and I've run into those, unfortunately, um, you know, the trial periods um, and that's, I think that's the, the major consideration that has to happen. You're going to do it or not, and then you're going to back it. And that, and that sort of goes to that VC situation where the VC board tells you to buy, to hire a VP of product management. If the CEO is not bought in or committed to that, that's the those are the situations where I got hired as a VP of product and then stepped on toes and eventually separated with the CEO because they didn't they wanted to do the job still. They weren't committed to the mindset or the function of product mm -hmm. management. Jason, what's your take? Um, yeah, I think that another major consideration is, you know, what is, what do you want for growth for your company? You know, your product manager is going to be there to, to create great products that is going to bring you market growth. And if you don't have an idea of, you know, what you want your company to be in a several years in a vision for that growth, then the product managers, whoever it is that comes in is going to have a hard time helping you realize your vision if you do not have one. So I think having, having a solid vision to where you want to be is going to be a major consideration for that. And then, of course, uh, you know, commitment is to follow through with it. And Jason, I was hoping you were going to go a different way just from your original answer on the Monday question. I thought my view is you have to have a baseline of what, what's happening and who's doing it now, right? If we, I always, you always have to start with a baseline before you can change it, right? Because mm -hmm. you need to know. So... When I read your answer, the first thing in my head was that's that this is where the question actually came from was because if you, you know, it was the mapping out who's doing what now and what are the artifacts look like, because that gives us a starting point to know where we need to get, get to. But I loved you, this answer as well. So thank you for your feedback on that. John. Yeah, I think 
what you were just saying and uh, what Greg had said earlier, it ties back to some version of organizational readiness. So like the org has to be, the, the individuals, not just the CEO in your case is coming in and the VP and stepping on toes, but like the whole org, there's people doing pieces of this job all around. Mm -hmm. They need to be ready to stop doing those pieces and to hand them off to somebody else and be comfortable with the fact that their job is going to change as a result of product management becoming a function. You uh, just gave me a huge aha for my one client. Because uh, there's one, per everybody is excited about this concept except for one person. That person is losing their cookies or whatever. Yeah. I think I need to manage that, that person with kid gloves. Mm, good one. So, Steve. Put, find a way to spin it as to what is in it for them that you're yes. doing this new thing. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I've, I, yeah, definitely. Steve, your thoughts. Well, I suspect it's a, a variant on Greg's comment on commitment. I mean, I, I've had two situations that come to mind. One was I was hired to launch a product and I, I chose first to do customer discovery and found that nobody wanted it. It solved a problem that people didn't have. And secondly, you know, we were completely not geared to deliver. I mean, it had n it, 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 it no way aligned with our distinctive competencies. Um, so I ended up sitting down with the president like two weeks after I joined saying, can we please shoot this before we squander any more money? But you got to tell me if this is strategic, if this is a new direction for the company, then I can launch it, but I'm going to need a, a new sales force. Uh, I'm going to need a, a whole bunch of implementation consultants. But if, if, if you think it's going to be like a, just a quick hit on the bottom line, let me trust you. It, it will be, but it's not the way you mean. Um, and so the, uh, two weeks after I took this job, they, uh, they allowed me to kill the product that they'd spent, I don't know, upwards towards a million dollars worth on so far. And I'm like, you know, hey, it's sunk cost. Let's, let's, the worst thing, you've heard me say this, you know, the worst possible thing that could happen now is we get a few customers. If we got a lot, that'd be great. If we got none, that'd be great. But no, we're going to get a few and we're going to have this stinker sitting around for years. That you have to support. And then the other story that came to mind was I joined a company where the president said, our developers are terrible. So I went to development and I said, so I hear you guys are terrible, <laughs> um, but I want to do well here. You know, how can I help out? And they said, well, you know, yeah, and Grant, well, anyway, um, we're... Our requirements change every 15 minutes. You know, every time the president has an idea, somebody comes running in here and saying, stop what you're doing. And as we're having this conversation, somebody came running in and saying, stop what you're doing. And so a week later, I went down to the president. And I said, I found the problem in the organization. It's you. You need to shut the hell up for like 90 days. And, you know, it was another one of those if I knew now what I knew then kind of a thing, but you know, I'm surprised he didn't say, Hey, you're fired. Get out of here. You're not showing me respect. But uh, what he really said was, Oh, I see your point. But uh, you know, I said a, a sentence from you is three months of work for the dev team. So just Especially, shut the hell up. I, I will, I will count, you know, say that also that I've run into that exactly mm -hmm. same thing. And you know, people get confused. And so, you know, did you find, Steve, that you're, you basically had to manhandle the, the president and say, okay, all your requests need to really come from, through me and we'll have a conversation. Absolutely. And, then, and then have the conversation with like the CTO or the head of the development and say, listen, I understand the president's going to ask for something like that, but you got to clear it with me before you change. And, and that actually, in the first situation where this, I was hired as the VP of product, that was the, we'd be in a team meeting 
you know, all company meeting and the CEO would be talking about ideas he had. And all of a sudden the development team's going off building stuff. The marketing team's right. going up building programs because he's the CEO, right? We follow his direction. And I think there's some level of- And he was spitballing, but they were taking yeah. it as new, new requirements. Yeah. And, and, you know, Steve, I'll, I'll last one on this, but what you were saying with that president of the engineering team, it goes back to the, the most efficiency productivity gains you can get out of the development organization is making sure they're working on the right stuff. Because, uh, right. you know- And finishing I, I, what they start. Yeah. And Drucker, as Drucker said, right? Efficiency, efficiency is getting things done right. Effectiveness is getting the right things done. Right. And, and so- as we go into that, it, to your son, there's a trucker also, quote for every occasion. I, isn't there, I have Grant? to, you know, you know, Steve, I have to, it's, it's in I my think contract. That we need to give you, I, I swear, I think we need to give you the, the title of, you know, Drucker, Drucker fellow? fellow in residence. <laughs> we can do that. I would love that. And that and, but Drucker also says to your son cost thing, you know, everyone's wanting to step back and say, if we weren't in this business now, would we get into it? And, right. And, and that and was really my point. Yeah. No, exactly. So we're going to go to our rapid fire. I'm going to leave this up here for a second so everybody has a chance to read it. So I'm not putting anybody on, you know, too often I ask this question to the, to, to the first person who's often Jason, but this time it's going to be Greg. And they start, they're thinking of the answer and they, they want to wait for everybody to order so they can have their answer ready. So if you could give one piece of advice to someone joining a company as their first product management resource, what would it be? And in the context I'll, I'll put around this is, we've talked about a lot of travails, right? There's not commitment there, there's not process there, there's somebody who was, was doing that, right? What would your first, what would your, your, your piece, what key advice be to somebody who is going in as the first product management resource, Greg? Talk to, I'm gonna steal John's. <laughs> <laughs> talk to other people, talk to, talk to all the different people within the company and what they're doing and how they're executing first. All right, John, you're next. <laughs> he stole mine, clearly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think understanding the landscape of how work gets done already is probably a good job, number one. Um, and then do the the Greg part of understanding who's doing that work yeah. uh, and whose toes you're going to step on. Great. Jason. So this kind of goes back to what somebody said earlier. I think for, since this is a brand new function in this organization, I definitely think that talking to everybody is important, but the first one to talk to is the CEO. And if that conversation doesn't go well, as far as what the CEO advises, product management should be so they can be successful for the organization. There's no need to talk to development sales, pre-sales or learning anything else. You can walk. And so you need that. You need to see level support, CEO level support. Understanding what problem that organization is trying to solve with product management. Yes. That makes a great deal yep. of sense actually. Steve. Well, shoot. I, I had a different answer, but I like Jason's a lot. Uh, I like, <laughs> oh, I like everybody's answer. Um, you know, I'm going to be a little different and say, um, Become the first thing would be to become the expert on customers because no one else has that expertise. Sales knows the deals they're working. Customers know customer support knows the call they just got off. You know, pro, uh, uh, professional services knows the deal they're implementing right now. No one else has a market view. And being able to go to meetings and say, "Well, that's really cute, Mister Opinion Boy," but here are what the facts say. 
And I, I remember vividly in a, uh, the UX person was saying, you know, we've made all these changes with the UX and everybody loves it. And I reached into my recorder and brought out a recording from the prior day where they said, man, I don't know what kindergartner you hired to design your UX, but man, that thing sucks. I can't get my work done. And everybody in the room was aghast. And, and I thought the UX was terrible, but my opinion, while interesting, is irrelevant. I was able to produce, you know, market evidence that I was right. So I agree with everybody else, but, you know, early on, let's make sure that you, you become the expert on the market because everything else has been done. I think I would corollary that, Steve, is that the sales guy knows what the customer wants. The product guy needs to understand what the customer needs. I like that. Yeah, That's but my good. deal, Greg, is that they know the customer they talk to today. They have completely forgotten the customer from last week or last month. They have or the memory of a goldfish. Right. Uh, you know, Jason's answer was going to be my answer. So, you know, Jason wins this rapid fire round. But truly, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to go with yes and e, all of the above. And, and this has been the week of yes and. I think if I, I, I've... I've outdone myself and I've set a, a terrible precedence that I have to now follow to have questions that create yes and all along the way. So <laughs> with that said, Greg, John, Jason, Steve, as always, the, these, these weekly calls, like I feel like, do you have matchbox cars and you had the little thing, you pull it and it would go around and you have to pull it to speed it up again. These calls are my little thing you pull to get me hopped up again. It go through a long week. Tough things happen. You get drained. And this call just gives me all that energy back to make it for the next week. Thank you guys all for a wonderful conversation and lightning thoughts uh, and discussion. And gosh, next week, we are going to be talking about sort of the other part of this, which is when you're hiring product management in an existing organization. So start thinking about that. I still, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get that out uh, on Monday and Wednesday, and we'll talk to you guys next week. So thank you guys so much. Have a good evening or afternoon or weekend or whatever. Thank you, Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Business of Product Topic of the Week brought to you by Product Growth Leaders. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. And for more great content and to participate in the Topic of the Week conversation, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.